To be molested by your own father is a horrible, evil act. One that can plague your life forever. At least that almost happened to me. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist On Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Now, listener discretion is advised as we will be talking about things that are intended for a mature audience only. Today, we're going to be talking about the devastation that molestation can cause to a young child and how it may be more present in our society than someone might think. Now, do you think that this is something that rarely happens? Well, according to National Center of Victims of Crime, one in five girls are victims of sexual abuse. What happens in the day in life of one who's going through such an atrocity? Well, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. And with us, we have Alicia Nicholas, who was abused by her own father all throughout her childhood, and it got very severe. She's going to tell us all that happened and how she overcame that trauma that was incurred into her life. Alicia, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Alicia, it's such a pleasure to have you. And I know that you're going to be talking about sexual abuse. And it is gut-wrenching. I mean, first of all, I'm so sorry that this even happened to you or any other girl or boy in this world. And today, the world listens in hopes to understand the experience that you had and how to spot these kinds of things out. These things, they just should not exist. And I understand on the outside, your life looked like a normal life. What would have others viewed your family as back then? You know, growing up, when I came to the United States, because I got here when I was five, they viewed my family as, you know, a Pentecostal Christian family. My father was an elder. My mom was in the worship team. Wow. I mean, I met my father and my mother when I was five years old. But prior to that, I grew up with my grandmother. She was like a mom to everyone. She would feed the neighbors. She would clothe the neighbors. She was just very caring and loving to a lot of people around her. She was a very disciplined woman, so she would kind of (laughs) like discipline us if we were bad (laughs) like any other child. My brothers and sisters will say otherwise because she would kind of hit him really hard. But for the most part, I had great memories of my grandma. But my family, a lot of people will view them as like a Pentecostal, good Christian father and the church, mother, worship team, and kids are just good Christian kids. That is so sad to me because I understand that there is a secret story hidden underneath. Tell me the first time your father molested you, how that made you feel during that experience. So it happened when he was actually coming from the United States to come and pick us up in Guatemala. I was five years old and he came in, you know, my grandma was telling us about him. He came in bearing gifts like Santa Claus. We all thought, you know, oh my God, dad's coming. We never met him before. So he had a lot of gifts to us. And, you know, we were super excited. But that night I woke up to something that I was not expecting to wake up to. You know, as a child, you go to sleep. Yeah. You think I'm going to have all these dreams. I'm going to be running through a meadow chasing butterflies, you know. But no, I woke up to my dad being at the edge of my bed, molesting me in my private parts. How did that make you feel as a young girl thinking back? And I know we're prying into just some deep, dark spots here. 
how did that experience make you feel during that time? As a child, I literally just froze. I did not understand it. I was just kind of like, what's going on? I wasn't sure. You know, I mean, how does my mind comprehend this? I went from smiling, running around during the day to now, what is this new door that's being opened through my eyes? Like, I don't understand. So I had to quickly try to understand it. It's almost like I knew something, but I didn't really know it because there was so much innocence in me. Right. The next day when I woke up, I woke up putting a lot of clothes on top of myself just so I can cover myself so my dad won't see me that way. Wow. You know how I felt that night? I didn't want him to see me that way. Mind you, I lived in Guatemala in a small town, 100 degrees, and I'm here putting thousands of layers on myself. So he doesn't view me. Interesting. So that was a sign. That was a sign. Now, let me ask you a question. Was he close to you at all? Like, did he try to explain to you what happened and justify what he was doing? Or was it just like he was just so like separated and distant? He was just very distant, very separate. He really just told me, he put his hand over my mouth and told me, do not say anything. So he pretty much installed fearing me just that very same night. So he was very separate and distant. It's almost like it was normal for him to do that to me. So he didn't explain himself at all. Wow. Now I understand as you got older, it started to develop where the molestation turned into rape. Tell us about what happened. Yeah. So he molested me. Then he went into groping. And then at the age of 14, he raped me. He tried to rape me when I was eight years old, but you know, I was smaller. So I'm assuming from what I remember, he couldn't insert himself. And I know it's a little graphic for the listeners, but he tried to insert himself and he couldn't. So I guess at 14 years old, I was developed. I already, you know, got my monthly thing. And then that's when he was able to do it then. Now, how did this leave you emotionally after all this happened? I mean, I understand that you came to a point that you didn't believe in God because of what was happening. Oh, of course. Sure. You know, I mean, we grew up Pentecostal and I already saw the fakeness of my family and the people around me. And, you know, that was just like the seal right there that just said, okay, how can I believe in a God that exists if he allowed this to happen to me? So that definitely left me broken. I mean, I would say even shattered. I was into pieces, into a million pieces, because the first man that's supposed to love me, as God was saying, you know, in the scriptures, as I grew up believing, didn't love me, Mm. saw me with different eyes. He didn't see me with eyes of love. He saw me with eyes of lust. Yeah. Well, Alicia, let me ask you a question, because on the outside, did people view your parents as very strong Christians? Yes, they did. They looked up to him as like a good Christian father in the church. Yeah, they looked up to him. Oh my gosh. And that's so sad because that's not Christianity at all for those who are listening. So when you're going through this, it just probably confused you. So you're like, I don't even believe in God at this point. Like there's no God. This is just like a fake song and dance to you as you're growing up. It was. Now, I understand that you got away from your dad temporarily as some of this came out and you were sent to live with your aunt, but eventually you had to come back to live with your dad when you were 16. Gosh, horrible. Yeah. You know, where you tried to escape by working and eventually you found a way to escape all this emotional pain and suffering you had inside. Tell me what happened. Oh, yeah. So actually, I went to go back to live with my grandmother. I was there for a year and it was freedom for me. I just felt free. I said, wow, this is done. Like, it's over. So we were in Guatemala for a whole year. I went to school there and everything. So I really just found out how much like shame I had even that year that 
one may think, okay, you feel free, but it was a lot of shame and burdens I was carrying while I was in Guatemala. I couldn't even like enjoy the beautiful country as I enjoyed it once when I was five years old and how I viewed it when I was five. So Mm. it was very blurred and a lot of darkness, you know, while I was there. So although I was away and I felt free, I felt like I was still in that cage. You understand what I'm saying? Like you're in the cage, but the door, yeah, the door is still open, but you're still in the cage. (laughs) So you really are not free because you're not free from your thoughts of what happened to you from five years old to 14. Gosh, Alicia, I mean, this is horrible. And I understand that all this trauma affected your relationship right into adulthood, where you would despise sexual relationships and what it stood for. How did the past affect your adulthood relationships? Oh, gosh, you know, it was horrible. If you talk to my first ex-boyfriend, even to my second ex-boyfriend, oh, they will tell you I put him through hell, mm-hmm. you know, because I have a lot of PTSD. I will have a lot of spaz out moments and they wouldn't even really know where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. I would be crying in the middle of the night. I'll be waking up screaming and they'll just be like, what is wrong with you? You know, to the point where they broke up with me because just like, I can't really handle you. Like, you're not really telling me what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to really just even be in a sexual relationship with them because I couldn't give them who they wanted me to give them because I didn't know how to actually have intercourse. I didn't. So for some people, it makes them hypersexual, you know, sexual molestation. But for you, it did the opposite. It just like ruined it. Yeah. Basically, it was just like traumatizing. Yeah, it ruined it for me. I was traumatized. I was disgusted by it. So it created problems in my relationship because the guys will be like, wow, you're really boring. You know how some guys talk and I'm just like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing here. And I really wanted to do it. It was rare that they really got me to have intercourse with them because I was disgusted by it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that I was like, oh, let me just be promiscuous and let me do what the world is saying I'm supposed to be doing. No, I was just really disgusted. I didn't want anything to do with it. Wow. Uh, Alicia, let's stop there. I want to have you back on our next show. I understand it got worse before it got better. So thanks so much for sharing. You truly are a brave soul to share with us what happened to you. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thanks, Hang on. I got some things to share with you of what you just heard right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle, and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA, and that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who's committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to awakeningthenations.com and we believe America shall be saved. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, this is very sad, especially because Alicia's dad was posing as an elder at a small Guatemalan church, but he wasn't saved, guys. He wasn't a Christian because you simply can't be doing things like that and be a true Christian. It's just impossible. This isn't a common thing, just you know, but it just shows how bad the devil can get. 
It's completely unacceptable. I'm sure each person has their story. But let me put it out there. If you're a Christian and going to church, you are required by the Lord to live a holy life. And if this kind of stuff exists, it needs to be confessed and repented ASAP. Jesus told us about this beforehand when he said in Matthew 7, 15 through 16, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? You see, Jesus told us that there are people who come as if they are prophets, but their actions speak as they are not sheep, rather they're wolves. And what do wolves do? They devour. This is what you're hearing in Alicia's testimony. You can spot a wolf. Don't look at what they say. Look at what they do. Many churches are good at discerning, reporting, and expelling such individuals. But of course, not all. But this should be a top priority for churches today. The Bible's clear about this kind of stuff. And what about the damage to Alicia? You know, it's not God. Because these actions from her father made her not believe in God. So these were actions of the devil. Implanting a wolf in sheep's clothing. And I'm sensing right now, there's somebody who maybe you've gone through something where there's an action that was ungodly in a church setting, and it's made you have a harder time believing in God. So Lord Jesus, we repent of the bitterness of our hearts, and instead we receive a relationship with you directly, not through a pastor, not through a priest, but through you, Lord Jesus. We accept you and receive you in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please give us a call at 877-480-4477. That's 877-480-4477. See you next time.